Welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. We have a repeat guest for you today, my friends. We've had him on once before. It was about two years ago. A lot has happened for him over the last two years, as it has for us. We now have merchandise. We are now much more uh, polished in our delivery. And uh, Dan's uh, jiu-jitsu has also changed quite a lot, I'm sure, over the last two years. So we had a lot to say the last time around. So here he is once again, head coach of Precision, uh, Black Belt, and uh, our friend, Dan Schwartz. Thanks for joining us, Dan. What it do? How's it going? So nice they had us on twice. What's up? <laughs> yeah, awesome. well, a couple of people have been on twice, yeah. So, yeah, you're an esteemed company. Right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And no, no one's had as strong a hair game as you, bro. No, none of our repeat guests have had anywhere near as good-looking hair game as you. Mate, I don't know. I don't know if I can compete with you, mate. No, not, not my <laughs> 27 now. It's all downhill. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely going to all go downhill. I'll tell you that much. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Especially with like testosterone. But yeah, it's great, man. So, yeah. How's training in general? Uh, training's been pretty good. I've just been chipping away. I've been uh, studying a lot of different stuff and trying to expand my my game and try and grow into different avenues and corners and yeah it's been really fun it's been um basically after the last um adcc trials um i was like why do i still suck and so <laughs> then i was like okay let's get into it and uh basically took a deep dive into studying way more and i guess like took me took me to a place where i was like a bit less uh I don't want to say arrogant, but I was a bit like, oh, I you know, I've got lucky. I don't need to study, you know, necessarily like diving into deep, different sources of information. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I was like, why haven't I, you know, had what Dana heard what Dana has to say in depth, or Gordon, or Craig, or you know, just on different topics, and mm. kind of was like, well, if I'm going to have actually beat these guys, I'm going to have to probably know what they're on about, and yeah, like there's a reason, you know. Gordon's the goat and he's, yeah. you know, bloody good. So, yeah. It's pretty humble of you to say that you sucked because um, if we could just talk about the ADCC trials final there, like you lost on a referee decision, a pretty controversial decision at that, if if I could say so myself. Like it was, I think so. you know, it, it was, <laughs> in my opinion, like it, I think you were robbed. I think that you should have gone to ADCC. So, um, and prior to that, like you'd been winning yeah you, you've done so many shows where you've um you've just dominated so it's interesting you say you think you suck well i mean you know um credit to the big man saunders he you know did a good job um but like literally before the match i said to the head referee i'm like oh if it's down to the wire what's going to be like the deciding factor on who wins this this match and he's basically said uh whoever's more aggressive who is attacking more like don't worry about the counters if you're being first you're winning in the judges so I pretty much just kept like trying to spam takedowns on the guy. And uh, I got to like some rough spots, you know, like I, I did good to like recover from some bad corners. But in my head, I'm like, the head ref said attack. I'm just going to keep attacking and mm. trying to bank on that to win. And then uh, probably like, I feel like I've watched the match back a couple of times now, obviously. And, you know, intermittently been just like furious at myself. <laughs> um, but like, 
I would say like right until the last shot that I took, um, I would say I was probably winning. And then Saunders committed back to a ghillie, which I escaped and it kind of popped out, landed in a crucifix scramble. And then time went and I was like, well, I still attacked. So what's up? Mm -hmm. And still his counter, which the ref was like, they don't count as much as offense. So I was like, I should be winning, but uh, didn't. And initially I was obviously devastated. Um, and uh, yeah, then everyone's like, you were so close. It was, it was a robbery. And I'm like, not make me feel better, <laughs> but it was all good. Um, but yeah. I would say, you know, one of the things I'm thinking is because you were kind of like a, when you first emerged on the scene, you had this kind of, like some people get on the scene and they've got this kind of like X factor kind of thing going on. You were, you know, a good size. You were very agile. You were, you had a great kind of mindset and you were winning a lot. And then I remember this phase where it was just like, you were posting these like, not quite the result I wanted tonight. Like there was this kind of band. I don't know how long it lasted for where you just weren't mm. getting what you wanted. You know, and I'm wondering like what, you know, when, when you come on the scene and people have high expectations of you, that's got to have an impact, you know what I mean? And it's got like, maybe that's one of the reasons why you go, yeah, maybe I suck. Maybe I got to go back to the drawing board on some of these things. Yeah. I mean, like when I, like obviously through my color belt ranks and stuff, I was pretty much on a tear. Like I didn't lose a lot through, you know, up until black belt. Um, and even when I was promoted, anytime I was promoted in a new belt, I kind of like, I didn't always come out and immediately dominate the division, but I was like pretty competitive. Mm. Um, when I first got my black belt, I think I had like one match on a super fight show and I, I managed to, to win that. And then I fought uh, Anton Menenko on BOA and I made a bunch of jokes and he paid it back to me. It was pretty good. Um, just lost on points that one. And then I fought in like VIX and Nationals and pretty much from like those two big comps for Australia, I just got like pretty much steamrolled. Yeah. And I was like, wow, black belt is fun. Cool. Because you go from being like a big fish at brown belt to like, you know, nay to some guy basically. Mm -hmm. And you know, some people have been black belts for longer than I've been training and all this sort of fun stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't look too much into that. Like I backed myself, but uh, yeah, I just had to like reflect and stop being shit basically. <laughs> like it's all it is. Like, That's gotta, great. It's good to know. Get better. It's good to know that even people who are on a tear have to go back to the drawing board at some point. That's refreshing because otherwise the experience for us other ones is we can never catch up. But you know what I mean? When you get promoted, all of a sudden you're the, the small fish in the big pond again, you know, and it's like, okay. So that, that's one of the things I love about jujitsu is it resets us and re-humbles us at some point, you know? For sure. I mean, like if you, like I think what most people get stuck in the trap of is like, you know, oh, I've gotten to this level. Okay, I'm cool. Like, I think like a lot of people who fall into coaching roles and they stop competing, especially when they get to black belt, they kind of get to this point where they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like they love the sport, but they don't really love like the hard work of being like uncomfortable with the idea that like, okay, you've spent 10, 12 years doing jujitsu. How much do you actually know? You know? Um, and like, as much as it's easy to say, like, like I'm a technical grappler like i'm not trying to just be a gorilla and win i win typically by being good at jiu-jitsu um so when that doesn't work out i don't want to ever reach for the you know oh they're just bigger than me or whatever card um but yeah um but yeah there's, there's always a, a way to make 
the match outcome go in your favor if you don't suck basically like if you can funnel the game into your funnel the match into your game of expertise then you can do awesome um mm. you either got to get really good at funneling people into your game or be really good at a lot of different stuff i love that man and uh, what, what's coming up for you dan you've got uh, adcc trials towards the end of the year are you going to take the same approach this time around as you did last time or are you going to change it up actually, how are you going to approach it so I'm actually probably looking at a move to minus 99. So one thing fighting Saunders and Victor Hugo taught me was that as far as heavyweights go, I'm just not that big, really, you know? Um, like, you know, for trials, I think I was like 113, but I was like eating as much as I possibly could, lifting all the time, trying to get massive. And like, I think Saunders was like 125 who won trials. And that's an enormous human. And then when I went to Worlds, um, I ended up fighting Victor Hugo uh, in the second round. And that guy is fucking huge and really good. And like, um, I just didn't feel like, like physically, I was like, wow, these guys are like just way bigger than me. Um, so yeah, like 99 isn't out of the question for me at all. I just have to stop having iced coffee, which is devastating, obviously. Um, but then, uh, but yeah, then if I get to 99, I feel like, you know, typically I would say like the heavier you go, the less technically proficient the jujitsu. Um, so I don't think it's like a technical issue in large part, uh, you know, in, in the upper weight classes, it's a practical like size issue. Um, so then if I can maybe go into a class that has higher technical proficiency and they're not hulking gorillas, maybe I'll do better. So um, but yeah, no, I, I back myself. Like, I mean, I think I can do well even at, um, even at, uh, what do you call it? At plus 99. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I've come second twice at plus 99. I can do pretty good, but it doesn't satisfy me. I want to get the chocolates. I want to get the gold. So mm, Awesome, man. Uh, and you said you've got a big match coming, a match against a really big guy coming up soon as well. I sure do. Yeah. So I'm fighting Saunders, uh, on subversion, which should be really fun. Mm. Um, just a case of, um, yeah, dealing with the the monstrous human that he is. Mm. Um, so yeah, it should be really fun. So um, how, how do you like how do you go, how, how do you plan for that? Like, how do you plan for a monstrous human being? What do you do? Well, what I've been doing is just going down to the local gym and just picking fights with the biggest guy there, like the weight <laughs> gym. Yeah. I find a guy deadlifting three hundred kilos, and I just call him a bitch, and then he fights me, and that's my training basically. <laughs> Cool. Uh, right. but I mean, I mean, jujitsu is jujitsu. Um, you know, uh, got to had the pleasure of commentating on Fusion Fighting Championships recently, and I, I watched him versus uh, Duke Didier. I was able to commentate that match, and that was cool. It was interesting to get a look at his bottom game. Um, what did you think of the outcome of that? Yeah, because that was also a little bit controversial in its result, giving it to I mean, Saunders as well. I mean, I I think I had uh, Saunders winning a decision um like if duke had passed you know two seconds earlier yeah you probably would have got points yeah. and maybe have won that match which would have been pretty sick um but i mean yeah i don't think you can argue that saunders uh triangle catch and kimura threat that he was running was not dangerous it was for sure dangerous enough to get yeah. the advantage and you know if you give an advantage to duke for the near pass at the end i think that his submission attempt was more decisive yeah. Um, I, there was a lot of back and forth afterwards. 
um, you know, especially on Instagram and stuff, which was entertaining for me personally. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> matches with with Duke now, and I I actually yeah. messaged him like, "Hey, bro, like, uh, you know, just as your mate, like, probably need to chill, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah." He he did put post up another post just recently, like apologizing, I think. Uh, yes, yeah. which is which is classes, you know. Yeah, he said something about being on the beers and it being a recipe for disaster, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I try and serve the sauce and stuff like yeah. poison. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm also doing a little bit of a kind of a poll at the moment, and this kind of ties back in because you've you've had MMA matches and you've done a lot of competing, and I'm trying to really get like I know if I ask an MMA guy nine times out of ten they say jujitsu is not fighting, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not so clear. So I'm I, I really want to ask a few people who whose opinions I really believe, and and people who've done both. In your opinion, is competing in jiu-jitsu fighting? Um, it is to the same extent that boxing is. Okay. Right? Like, if you think boxing's fighting, you say, okay, that sure, right, maybe. Um, you know, MMA, you can even say it's it's a match. It says rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can have fights in lots of different forms, though, right? So, like, fighting is more than just, you know, Oh, let's close the cage doors and no rules to the death. Like, sure, yeah. you can say that's fighting, but you, there's fighting in all sorts of different forms. Like, you can fight to win. There's fighting to, you know, knock a guy out. There's fighting to choke a guy out. Like, you are physically exerting yourself in a mm. way that's like highly competitive against another person. So, yeah. you call that a match or a fight. I mean, I think it's just. I mean, ultimately, we do a sport, which I regularly try to take the piss out of as best I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm some warrior, for example. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think there are much more. There are people who put their life on the line for real, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether in in war or you know really hard times in societies and stuff like that. Like those people are fighting. You know what I mean? Uh, I go on a match. I fucking dance out like an idiot, and then I have a wrestle <laughs> with a guy. I don't. I don't take myself that seriously. You know what I mean? But I think you would do that, like, and, and this, this, I don't want to, I don't want to trigger anybody, but I feel like that would be your coping mechanism, even if you were a soldier at war. You would be the funny guy trying to get everybody <laughs> laughing before you got shot in the head, because that's what you would, you know, that, that seems to be your coping. Is that fair to say? That's like, yeah, I'll probably be in the back pissing myself. That'd probably what I've been doing. I'm, I'm not nearly as tough as those guys. Yeah. Those guys are out there for real. So. I won't yeah. even lay claim to that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, bro, I'll just dance out. Meanwhile, I was getting gunned down. No, probably, probably I'd be in the back <laughs> pissing myself all those real, face it, you know what I mean? So, Fair enough. So are you a yes? Is, is BJJ fighting, yes or no? I need a yes or a no. You know, it's 2023, man. You can identify it as fighting if you want to. You identify <laughs> I identify as a BJJ fighter. Okay. Yeah, you can identify as a BJJ fighter or just a competitor. It's fine, bro. Yeah. So good. All right. Nice. You can be, Very you know, nice. You can be flight fluid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Dan, Peds have been in the in the spotlight quite a bit recently in jiu-jitsu. What are your thoughts on uh, performance-enhancing drugs in jiu-jitsu? I don't know. I just wish I didn't like needles. You know? <laughs> no, I wish I wasn't afraid of needles. You didn't. Yeah. i got to get that. we got, we got to make a the little concept. fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I didn't like needles. I don't know. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> the concept of stabbing myself sounds like shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, like, I mean, it's it sucks, you know. And I think like there are people, like for example, in masters, you know, like they're getting on, 
they want to get supercharged okay sure right um like i think like as much as it's bad for people's health it's also pretty sick for spectators to watch a couple of like hulking gorillas fight <laughs> amazingly right like yeah. it is right it um, is. if they have a competitive match they don't gas out it's way more entertaining for the viewers sure. the problem really is the barrier for entry you know like if you've got a young kid who's trying to come up through the ranks and he sees everybody's juice into the gills then you're like well do i need to do that you know what i mean to be able to compete yeah. um is the real downside you know it's like i think spectator wise it's pretty awesome really like adcc is super exciting for for example um and then you have matches that are tested that aren't awesome but i mean like it kind of comes down to the athlete really i would say um but yeah like if you have people getting random tested that's like the only real way that you can have a clean sport you know so all the testing on the day and stuff it's it's good in theory but i don't think I think like there are way more people on source than than that are popping at majors and stuff. So, yeah. But given that you're aiming for ADCC and it is an untested federation there, like how do you feel about that? Like it's potentially like an uneven playing field for you there? Well, I mean, there's a reason I'm moving to minus 99A <laughs> um, to try and, you know, make it But, less... I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not specific to weight class, though, I mean, like... It, yeah, no, for anywhere. sure. Like, yeah. like, at least that way they have to meet a weight limit, which is yeah. at least something. Um, mm, yeah, whereas, yeah. like, if you go to over 99, they could just be, like, infinite kilograms, and you're like, cool, yeah. you know. Um, so, at least by having a cap, it's a bit more like, oh, okay, this is, like, at least physically similar people yeah, rather yeah. than a different yeah. species but yeah 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 so that's my general take okay yeah that makes sense and the gym man like how like now you've been a gym owner for quite a long time like since we yeah it was just getting going when we met you met up with you last time so what's your what's what's it like is it is it a, a, is it still something you wake, wake up in the morning and say hey, yeah bring it on or is it like what am i done where are you at um, it's an interesting question so like there's kind of an interesting um divergence that most people in my position take so for example like if i didn't really give a shit about competing much oh uh, sorry yeah if i didn't give a shit about competing it would be really easy at this point to be like right you know a couple of silver medals at trials you know, i've done pretty well at worlds i didn't make a fool of myself in my matches let's pack it in give it all to my guys and help them get really good and try and produce more champions basically right and then you've got the other role, which is like, okay, stuff the gym. I'm going to go travel around the world, train with Gordon, train with Craig, train with Mendes brothers, all those guys, the best, right? And then get super good, compete and aspire for like world titles and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, most people pick one or the other and I'm really stubborn as a human being. So I'm for sure trying to do both. Right? <laughs> as it turns out, is a fuckload of work. Um, <laughs> Fair but, enough. Like, you know, fortune favors the bold and people that aspire to amazing things, uh, they normally achieve something that approximates that at least. So absolutely, you know, if, even if I don't become a world champion or like really my goal in Jiu-Jitsu is just to become like, like a globally recognized elite grappler. Like I'm not trying to be out here winning worlds. Gordon's really scary. You know, so there are people who are really, really good and really I'm a fan of them, but to be able to be competitive with those people was, is really the goal. Um, mm -hmm. So like, actually, it's funny. I, when I was 
when Craig came to a, uh, Melbourne recently, I trained with him. And basically, I was like really hoping that at this point, after this much time had elapsed, it would be more competitive. And it wasn't that it was like a wash, but he still was like way better than me. And I was like, this is <laughs> bullshit. And obviously, Craig. <laughs> but at that point, I was like, well, why am I even bothering? Like, I was actually really down on myself. Mm. But uh, I kind of came to this like kind of profound thought, right? Where jujitsu, we talk about martial arts as like, you know, it's a, it's a, we call think of, we thought, think about it like fighting, but really it's an art, right? So, what does it mean to be elite? To me, what it means to be elite is if you imagine you are two artists collaborating on a painting, like literally in the literal sense of the word. Mm. Now, something beautiful might be you have two painters. One guy tries to draw a squiggle and he's doing shit and the other guy completely just shows him up completely and you go like, wow, look at how good this guy's art is. To me, what would be beautiful is if I can equally contribute to an amazing piece of art with an elite grappler. That's wow. like the profound, super, I don't know, woke version of what I think it means to be elite. So then if you apply that into jujitsu, it's like, I don't need to go out and like submit so-and-so and so-and-so to feel like I'm elite. Like, for example, when I fought Victor Hugo, like, it was amazing to feel his level, but I was not there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so then when I went out there and felt him, I was like, okay, I can feel where I am and where I need to get to. Um, but it was really like an experience to just be a part of his art, you know? Mm -hmm. Rather Man. than being able to like, give that it back. Is... No, I, I did okay, but it wasn't like, I didn't get to score on the guy or really hit much offensive movements. He was doing a really good job of shutting me out. And it was amazing. But you weren't humiliated. Like, like you said, like you, you still held your own. You went the distance. Yeah. I don't think you weren't subbed. I didn't, I didn't get submitted or anything. Um, but he did put like a bunch of points on me and all that sort of stuff, but we had some interesting like turtle scrambles and wrestling scrambles. And, you know, he, like he, it seemed like he at least knew that I was under locky and he like avoided my leg locks a lot, kind of kept out of that realm. Um, but yeah, so he did awesome. It's he's, you know, he's a world champion for a reason, but to go out there and yeah. be not like completely obliterated was pretty good. But yeah, obviously I want to be able to like give it as good as I can take it with somebody on that level. Which no one's ever, huge. ever talked about it that way, man. Two artists coming together to make a piece of art. And I, I just love that. That's amazing. And the other thing, which I, I think as well, is that you net like Steve Bradbury, the Olympics guy, the ice skater, and then everyone fell over and he kind of skated through. And obviously everyone took the piss out of that guy, right? But I've been kind of studying him lately, writing a speech with somebody else for somebody else. And the thing is, he still woke up every morning at 5 a.m. and trained. And he trained with the elite and trained like a motherfucker and modified his diet and sacrificed so many things about his life. Like he's remembered as this guy where everyone else has fallen over and he's skated through and gotten the medal. But the reality mm -hmm. is he's still putting the work. Like you're putting in the work like an animal all the time. We don't know what happens to Gordon Ryan next week and Craig Jones next week. And all, like it, it, it's... Time in the market is better than timing the market. It's their time right now. You're still really young. And who the hell knows what happens in five years' time? You know what I mean? Like, we just don't know how this all plays out yet. Like, the, the artwork is not only each match, but it's the whole career of the artist as well. For sure, yeah. Like, if if I'm flying to, you know, ADCC in uh, Las Vegas next year, and if their flight goes down and all 15 of my competitors lose... <laughs> Bro, I'm taking that gold medal and I'm counting it for all. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> you get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that analogy as well about the artist because, I mean, for me, I've always thought of jujitsu as like a language. So, you know, like as a white belt, you've probably got one or maybe two words and you're just trying to put them in there. And then blue belt, you've got a couple more words. By purple belt, you're probably able to put a sentence. And then brown and black is like an actual conversation, yeah. So, like, you're exchanging. So I suppose it's the same sort of thing that you're saying, yeah, where as a white belt, you're drawing stick figures. You're barely able to, you know, even hold yeah, yeah. hold the pencil. And then, and then eventually you get better. The paint roller goes, wash, and just matches the white belt, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, look how nice the purple belt art is, you know. You can paint your yeah, house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, anyway. That's it. But yeah, you're 100% that's correct. It. Yeah, no, no, that's true. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the gym's going well. Like last time we spoke, it was, as Anton said, like fairly early days. How's it been progressing? Like it's Oh, I mean, like um, the room itself is still not like crazy packed, but the level itself of the guys who come down have been like growing at an absurd rate. Like it went from being like, you know, a handful of people who'd kind of come along over the years that I've trained with over a long period to like a few people coming over um, from different gyms. And like the way that I structure my training gives people a real sense of like, like clear progression and like it's super, you know, convoluted to explain, but basically I run like four themes a week and a review week. And like over the course of the four weeks, we pretty much unpack like, a bunch of stuff in each topic so for example this week uh, this month we're doing uh loose passing open guard retention armbar we'll either do a second week on armbar or mount attacks um and then in the fifth week we'll run a review week um where basically we kind of like skim through some of the stuff that i've shown especially for people who are like like say if they weren't there in the four weeks maybe they're away or whatever they're going to struggle in that review week we just kind of like hold their hand and give them some technique to help them you know, get a, a decent foundation of understanding. And then on Wednesday, we do a technical review day where it's actually the most draining thing I do all month. But basically in the course of an hour and a half, I literally show all the technique that I've shown in the last month. Wow. Just so much, right? And we broke off and then do like, all right, five minutes each or six minutes each or something thereabouts of, of drilling of that stuff. And then we go into the next week. So we do that a week at a time. So we do like loose passing, five minutes each, guy retention, five minutes each, um, and then armbar, 15 minutes, or some, something like this, right? And then everybody on that Wednesday is like, oh my God, I can't remember all this stuff. It's just too much. But then what we do on Thursday, Friday, Saturday is we do a practical review, okay? Because I'm mostly interested in that period on skill acquisition. So the four weeks is all about knowledge, uh, knowledge accrual and starting to understand the big picture of the game. You learn a bunch of individual techniques, but all throughout the week, I'm constantly reminding people about like why we're going down this route of learning rather than some other route. And then when push comes to shove and we get into um, the, re the technical review session, um, they're all like, oh, I can see the big picture and how it all fits, but it's a lot to process. But like they've kind of already processed it by learning it. So the people who do the four, five, six days a week of training, they get to review week and they're like, oh, I remember all this stuff and it just comes back to them. And by the end of the week, so like, it's really weird for me because like Wednesday, I'm always like, oh my God, I haven't taught it properly. Nobody remembers anything. <laughs> and then they do like three days in a row of practical uh, skill accrual work. And 
at the end of like by Saturday's end, I'm like, Jesus, these guys know this stuff almost as good as I do, you know, which is unreal. It's really sick to watch. And so, you know, I've been doing it like this for the last maybe, maybe year or so, I, I would guess. Mm. And the progression that people have had in that time has been like ridiculous. Mm. Like the people that, like if I put somebody in a corner that I've shown them and they were there consistently, once they've gone through one cycle of that, in that corner, it becomes like immediately like they're a good training partner for, partner for me in that corner. So like, say for example, they don't know how to pass half guard. Okay. And then we do a month and it's in the week. It is skill like rule. Next month, if they put me in half guard, I have to like mind all my P's and Q's because they literally understand it the way I want it to be understood. Amazing. But you do that over the course of a year or so and they start to really put all these pieces together and it's it's pretty right. sick. Man, really, really cool. I totally agree. Like one of the things which I'm very aware of right now is that white belts these days, like they can be like as technical as me. They really can. And even though I've been doing it for a very long time, like they, the t I think we're in an era where the teaching methods are getting better and better and better. Like, like right now, if you start jujitsu now, you can advance very rapidly by not learning, you know, by not learning bad, bad habits, but, you know, just like, it's not just get in there and kind of gut it out and, and embed a whole bunch of bad technique. Like you're getting perfect technique from day one from proven competitors that are working right now and in ways that is like easily digestible. Like everything's proven and it's just like, it's a whole new realm. And it's exciting. Yeah, sure. what, what, what do you think is going to happen with jujitsu? Like, as far as, and like, I don't know, like how much more technical can black belts get, for example? Like, is, is this a mountain with no top? Is there a limit to this? I think the average black belt can get way better, to be honest. Like, when I went to black, like most non-competing black belts, I would say I can hang with pretty comfortably. You know what I mean? Like, like at the start, maybe it wasn't like, as blow your hair back good um and certainly in gi i don't claim to be like a world-class gi guy and in gi you know i can get put in some funky corners but in no gi right like um i would say like at the start of my black belt career i could hang with like most people like am i going to win every match probably not but i was also like quite good and like i feel like i've gotten better in the last two years than i got in the two years prior and the two years prior to that so like if you really treat jujitsu like a thing that you want to get super good at, like all the good information is out there, like you said, like, and it's not some secret that only people who are black belts can understand. Like if you learn well, if you study well, like you can get really good. Um, so I think like the, the, in terms of like the actual ceiling, like it can get way better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there are just positions in jujitsu. There's like almost infinite levels of positions in jujitsu. And the more deeply you understand each position, the better, you know? Um, so there's like a concept of like um, depth, not breadth. So like if you go deep in a position, you'll find more and more and more and more and more gems. Eventually you'll kind of run that well dry, not dry necessarily, but like to the point of diminishing returns where you're not hitting other corners of your game. Um, and then if you do that for all your corners and you feel comfortable in the depth of all your game, there's always more corners you can go to. So then you can go into your breadth. So you might pick a little new position and go deep there and then the new position go deep there, you know? So like, I think a lot of people get content with like 
oh, this is my game. And then that's what they do. And then if it doesn't work, they're like, oh, my game. You know, <laughs> or they were just better. They were just better. Okay. Why were they better? What what happened? Yeah. The more you that, the more you realize, well, maybe I just suck. Like, I think it's really refreshing to just occasionally be like, guess I suck. You know, that right. guy passed my game. I guess I suck. <laughs> I got out of my heel. Well, maybe even, not even that occasionally, maybe regularly, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> as well. I mean, I'm like, I'm pretty big and I'm active competitor. Sometimes I go to do a move and I just, I just couldn't get it to work. I'm like, well, probably just suck at that move. It's time to go back to the drawboard, you know? I love it, man. And on, on that, like as a sort of similar, what do you think is the future for Jiu-Jitsu? Like obviously a couple of years ago, the leg entanglement game sort of came through. People seem to have maybe not figured it out, but it's not as new as it was. What do you think is next? What's coming up? Um, I would say in Nogi Jiu-Jitsu, most people have got a handle on leg locks now, especially internationally. There are still some people in Australia who I think are kind of behind the eight ball a little bit, um, but internationally people have a handle on, on leg locks. I think probably the big thing that's going to be really decisive is wrestling. Um, so fun fact, I think when I lost to Anton, um, he did a really good job on Boa of like keeping me at bay and not allowing me to get my game going the way I wanted it to. And then when I was playing on bottom, I was like, oh, you know, my, my retention held up and it was really good. But I really realized that like, if I couldn't force him to engage the way I wanted him to, I just did shit. So then I was like, right, I really need to learn how to force somebody to engage. And there's no better way to do that than to stand and be able to route wrestle the guy. Okay, now I tried that, but I did shit, basically. I was do mm -hmm. overzealous. I got caught. GG. Sold work, Anton. <laughs> but um, different Anton, not this guy. Exactly. <laughs> I still then, like bro, hearing it, though. Exactly. I like hearing it from you, bro. You can say yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, at that point, I was like, wow, I really need to learn how to wrestle. And then obviously doing ADCC, you kind of have to do it even more. So I think wrestling just in general is a big one. I think that um, people's... Uh, understanding of open guard and wrestling up from open guard is going to be a big game game changer. Um, chiefly because if you wrestle from your guard, the counters are basically front headlocks and back takes. Now, all those counters exist when you're wrestling standing as well. But if somebody takes you down when you wrestle up on them, you, they've accomplished nothing because you've gone for a sweep by the rules, right? So if you wrestle from your guard, as long as you're smart about not getting put in front headlocks or getting your back taken, it's kind of a lose-lose situation unless you get past, obviously, which can suck. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, if you go for a shot, what's going to happen is they counter your takedown and they take you down, put you out of position. Yeah. So if you can always just chill back in your guard and lose nothing, then it's a really surefire way of getting that going. So mm -hmm. I think those are the main areas. And I think just like getting back to basics with like half guard passing, near side underhook, body lock. I mean, that's kind of already been around for a while, but like, the more you understand that, I think the less you need a bunch of crazy, hectic guard passing stuff. Like just really advanced fundamentals, I think is the key. Um, but yeah, like I've played some seriously flamboyant jujitsu before and I, I love it. But I think like the more I've kind of pursued uh, like consistent, reliable, competitive results, the more you've got to go like, well, is this spinning upside down shit really going to work or should I just really get good at like, you know, a good butterfly sweep, you know, or an arm drag. Fundamentals. Or, yeah. You just need really depth, really in-depth understanding of fundamentals. I think it's going to be the key. 
the same in chess, that's for sure. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of fancy things to do, but you know, if you are a master of the fundamentals, nobody can fuck with you. So yeah. I think it's man. Awesome. We're, we're nearly out of time, Dan. Do you have any uh any final words for our listeners or parting thoughts? Um, I mean not nothing out of the usual. Just I think it's just a case of uh and it's for the broader jiu-jitsu community. I think you should just always pursue the path of least resistance in jiu-jitsu. Try and find the smoothest route. Okay, so if you have to force, like the big thing that I think I see a lot of is people forcing techniques that aren't really there. Mm-hmm. And they, they they win a scramble by being more athletic. Uh, try to be hard on yourself and try to understand how to win in all positions without being the more athletic person. So obviously there's always a time where you want to put the foot down and try and get a, a finish. Um, but in training, especially try and always find the path of least resistance. And that will gu- be your guiding beacon to technical progress. That's my little, that's my little gems. That's what I say to all my students trying to get good and they're doing pretty awesome. It, so I love it. There's so many great titles for this show. I'm writing them all down as we go, but <laughs> yeah, we call you. this thing. Awesome. We, we, there's so awesome. many well, great we'll, titles. Yeah. Awesome. man. Yeah, we'll have this episode out in, uh, in a couple of weeks. I think we're up to about number 160 now. Any of our listeners, if they want to go back through our back catalog, I think your previous episode was about number 60. So you can wow. also see how much Anton and I have improved as well in our performance. So hopefully we're, we're better podcasters than we were two years ago. Yeah, um, awesome. But thank you so much again for giving up your time and okay. um, yeah. Like I said, we'll have this out. If you could share it on uh, your social media, that would be awesome for us. For sure, and, will do. Um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you around at the comps and uh, at training. So thanks very awesome. much again. Take care. Yeah. Number three when I win trials. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Awesome. Catch you later, man. Thanks. Have a good one. Dan, bye. bye.